and welcome back into another episode of the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. We do have Mikey D and Tom Leone joining me today, but we are going to do things a little bit different as we get ready for the playoffs. We're going to go over our contenders and Mikey D, we're going to have you on here first. We're going to do Tom separate after the fact, because it feels like we agree a lot. Do, so I want to right? see if we naturally agree or if maybe we're feeding off of each other a little bit here. So we're we're doing a little social experiment on the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. <laughs> but since we're starting things off with the two Devils fans, we're going to just totally go off the rails and talk nothing but Devils here to start. Devils Bruins played a fantastic game on Saturday night. Two to one final. It felt like playoff hockey, and oddly mm-hmm. enough, unlike most playoff hockey games, all the goals were scored in the first six minutes of the game. Exactly. It was it was electric, though. We saw Boston's power play flex their muscles. We saw Brad Marchand get underneath the skin of guys. We saw the Devils give it back and throw the body around. We saw big hits. We saw key plays, key saves in big spots, and really what goaltenders are going to have to do Mackenzie Blackwood looked great in goal for the Devils, mm-hmm. really backing me up. As I've been saying, you got to give him some time and let him be ready because I think come playoff time, they're going to need him. But Mikey D, what did you think? What were your overall thoughts on this game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I know we talked about it right before we got on the pod, Ben, but you know, all the things that I mentioned weeks prior when we were on this uh, podcast, the things that, you know, that really bothered me about the Devils, you know, their, their bottom six and how well defensively they have been and the turnovers inside the offensive zone. Um, and, um, and and obviously the goaltending, which worried me between Vitek and uh, you know Schmidt at the time, and you know obviously Blackwood coming back into things. Um, I thought all those excelled, uh, you know, against this Bruins team. Obviously, this Bruins team, you know, let's 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 not like uh you know cut the devil slack and and you know and and push it out the thought that you know the Bruins obviously you know they had sixty one wins, they were looking for the the you know the franchise record, not the franchise record, but the NHL record in tying the most wins in the NHL season. Like they were playing for something, and like the and the devils for the most part you know they skated with them they competed with them blackwood you know in, in his history honestly he's always played good against the bruins and he played fantastic the first five minutes you could say it was debatable you know i mean it was a lot of defensive breakdowns though at the same time and and like you said the bruins power play that flexed their muscles and uh but at the same time i, I really thought this devil's team competed it was on the road this team was was fighting for a record and and they are the best team in the NHL period and they skated well with them they competed and they proved that they belong to be they belong in the playoffs in this upcoming week the devils and uh, you know it gave me a lot of confidence and I never been so you know I'm not going to say relieved because they lost and obviously they could have clinched home ice. You know, they could have helped jump Carolina, but at the same time, it just proved to me that they are ready and they're going to be ready. Um, And, uh, you know, it gets me very excited for the playoffs when it comes to the Devils. And uh, obviously I think it'll be a very exciting um, seven game series if the Bruins and them match up again. Yeah, I think it, honestly, if the Devils and Bruins play in the playoffs, I think it would be the most exciting sweep we have ever seen. <laughs> I hate hate to say it, but yeah, you're right. (laughs) Because it would be four fantastic games that the Bruins come out on top of every time. 2-1 final score, 1-0 final score. That's what the games would be. Exactly. And I think my biggest takeaways from this game were, I I think the Devils played bad throughout most of the game. I you can tell by the way it was in the third period they weren't getting the scoring chances. I thought they were playing a little bit careful in the third. I think 
they felt content keeping the game tied at 2-1 heading into the final five minutes, which isn't really the way they should have played. They needed to open things up a little bit earlier, and by the time they did, it was too late. Boston had clamped down. Boston had figured out a way. Now, Olmark has been fantastic in goal. Love the Jesper Bratt breakaway goal. Hughes ties the franchise record for points in a single season, tying Patrick Aliash. 96 points, which is really low for a franchise record, but that's the New Jersey Devils. They've never had a dynamic goal score, and that's what's so exciting about Jack Hughes. That's why fans were so excited when they went and got Ilya Kovalchuk. Now, with the Devils, they didn't play great. I think they played far from their best game against Boston, but they were able to keep this a close game, and they were still in it until the final buzzer. This game was still up in the air. The Devils were 100% playing super hard. The effort was there. There's no question about that. And that's what I really liked. Because when you see you see that they can go and play, even when they don't, aren't on their best game, they can go and play with everybody as long as the effort is there. And that's what you need come playoff time. This team is geared up. They're ready to go. Home ice would have been uh, nice to lock up. Even the division, I still think, you know, winning the division would be a nice perk. I don't want to have to see the Rangers in the first round if I'm the Devils. But overall, they just did a strong job of keeping themselves in the game. And Mackenzie Blackwood, huge, huge, huge. And I think it's really funny you say that because it's not like I saw any numbers. But it must just be a Devils fan thing because I've also thought to myself, I think the Blackwood always plays the Bruins well. I really do. And, you know, that save in that 2020 season where, you know, there was nobody in the building, Blackwood made the save of the year. That was in Boston. You know, this mm-hmm. is a guy who has had – I certainly was, remember many good moments. It was just last year. It was just last year, Ben, where, like, it was so weird. Like, as Boston, as good as they were, because they were great last year too, right? As good as they were, the Devils and, like, how slack they were last year, they just loved playing against Boston. It was weird. Like, they competed very well against Boston, and Blackwood was always in net. I'm pretty sure he had two shutouts against them. Yeah, I – I know he has always played them well. I don't know about the two shutouts, but he's he's always played the Bruins well. And the big thing for him as well, you know, this team is building confidence in front of him, knowing that you have two goalies that you can go out there and win games with is important. I still don't trust Vitek, even though he has played very, very well lately, especially down the stretch, I think. And Mike, the last thing I want to point out here, We have to applaud you. So just quick, quick clap here for you, Mike, because what I do, what I do. No, (laughs) if we had recorded this episode eight weeks ago, let's just go back eight weeks. Okay. Do you know what I think your number one takeaway from this game would have been? Honestly, no, I do not know. Jesus fucking Christ. Pavel fucking Zaka scores two (laughs) goals and we lose. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Honestly, I, the fact that I didn't even mention that You is didn't crazy. even mention him. Uh, that, that shows, that shows your growth as a fan. You're looking at the positives. I'm rubbing off on you, Mike. You are. Thank we're, you. We're getting, we're turning the corner here. We're, we're getting some positivity because you're, you're right. Like any other, honestly, you could have said, honestly, four weeks ago, I would have brought that up and used that as a fact that I think the Devils are a bad team or something like that. So you're right. That's that's, that's crazy. I can't believe that 
that Pavel Zaka in the first five minutes of the game, especially, was the only reason why the Devils ended up losing that game. Crazy. Well, and how about the two goals? One of them is a, it's like a, te- it, it was a nice, like, shot from Lind- Lindholm at the point, but like Zaka just jumps, happens to get a piece of it. Mm-hmm. And the second goal, that was a bad goal for Blackwood. Is he's usually is his positioning is his strength, and he was way out of position, way off. Yeah, no idea what he was doing there. So, I mean, it, the first goal, not Blackwood's fault, and I wouldn't say a ton of skill from Zaka. It was good positioning, and I mean, I always say I'd rather be lucky than good. And being in the he was in the right spot at the right time. But the other goal, it wasn't a ton of skill from Zaka, but just putting the puck towards the net. And that that's, just, I guess, what we come to expect from guys like that. Still, though, really impressed with the fact that New Jersey went down the way they did. I actually said after giving up the second goal that they needed to call their timeout and settle things down. They didn't need to because he sent out Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, and the two of them went they and did. immediately got an answer. Exactly. Beautiful, now, beautiful setup there. Now, while we are on the East, let's talk about some contenders as we head into the playoffs. We're going to take three contenders from each conference that we think. Now, Mike, you and I talked before, so we know that you and I agree here. Not that there's a lot of differences in the conference in terms of contenders out East. I think it's been very clear on the pod who we think are going to be the contenders. But for the Eastern Conference, Boston and New Jersey – it, to me, it feels like right now they are the two best teams. But if you had to throw in a third, perhaps a dark horse, it has to be the talented Broadway Blue Shirts with bringing in Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko already to one of the better teams in the league with the one of the best goalies in the league in Igor Shesterkin. Mikey D, take us through these three contenders and what makes them contenders and why they can go play for a Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, so we said it was going to be Boston, you know, New Jersey, and and obviously the New York Rangers. And, I mean, all three are justified to be contenders. You know, all year that we've been seeing it too, you know, the, the pickups that they've had and the consistency for that matter as well. So, I mean, with Boston, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. This is the best team that we've honestly ever seen in the regular season. I know President's Trophy curse is a real thing, but I don't know, there's something different about this Bruins team this year where, like, it makes me think, like, ah, that don't matter. Like, I, they, they, they had the coaching, they had the veteran talent, uh, they have the goaltending. They're just all around just a great team. And, and you know, they deserve to be, I'm pretty sure, Ben, it's like plus 200 for them to win the Stanley Cup right now. The playoffs even hasn't even started yet. And, like, uh, it, it's justified for how good this team is, how well they play. Um, you know, they just work so well together. They deserve to be in the conversation since day one. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, the New York Rangers, you know, I definitely think they're a contender. They've been consistent all year. Um, you know, when it comes to things that the talent that they've added throughout the year and Terrence Sanko and Patrick Kane, um, and, you know, the, the defenseman, like they, you know, they obviously just kept getting better and better. And, you know, they, they're really trying to buy in um, and produce around this kid line with the, with as much talent as possible. And this kid line is as good as it is, you know, already. Um, so they just have a lot of talent to look up to. And like, I think it's like, you know, I hate to say it, obviously, but, you know, the Rangers as a team, you know, it's like the perfect um, farm system kind of team right now. But they have all these veteran all stars and then they have this kid line that excels, you know, like we saw last year in the playoffs for them and the experience Like they already have experience. They had the best experience for the Rangers last year when they made their run. So, you know, what does it say that they're getting even more talent um, and they just get the better themselves off of each other if they go on another run? So, you know, I think the Rangers definitely deserve to be in the conversation they were there last year um, and, and, and you know, they have the talent and they play as well. And 
as you know they haven't played as well as last year but you know they definitely should be in the conversation and obviously when it comes to our devils you know they have the speed they have the young talent um they brought in a superstar and timo and timo meyer this year um who's obviously made this team better i don't care what the numbers say about you know obviously he was the goal scorer they wanted to get obviously he hasn't scored as many goals as we wanted but he makes an impact on the ice and the numbers don't lie and this devil's team is 10 times better with him and you know if the goaltending just stays the same and consistent with vtech as it been all year all this all this devil's team devil's team need is to have a chance is for their bottom six and their goaltending to play somewhat well they can compete they can make offensive chances and they can win games we saw it all year we even saw it last year when they were slumping they just didn't have the goaltending they got some of it this year and we look how see how they are they're, they're the best devil's team in history i believe they're going to pass the you know to pass that point and get another win before the season's over they're, they're the best devil's team that we've ever seen and we've also you know had three stanley cups along that way you got to think about that so all three of these teams definitely are, are in the deserving and and I just can't wait for the playoffs. And I'm just hoping, you know, just to add one more thing. Obviously, we're all asking, why isn't Carolina? Why isn't Toronto in this conversation here? Um, I think all three of these teams are better. And that's why I really hope that, you know, the Devils find a way to, to pass the Hurricanes in these standings because I do not believe that the Rangers and the Devils should be a first-round matchup. The playoff formatting needs to change because these teams are way too good to play each other in the first round and have one of them out. Yeah, I agree, Mike. It's definitely unfortunate to see two of the top contenders, in our opinion at least, going up against each other in the first round. But hey, at least maybe we'll get to see them go up against each other because you want to see the best on best. It just shouldn't have to happen in the first round. So early. Now, that's it. I, mean, I totally agree. The series should happen. Just It's just too early. That's, that's what it, I'm saying. And that's where the NHL is like, well, you want the series to happen. It's going to have to happen here. And it's the, like, no, <laughs> but still. It, it, that's the way they go, I guess. I mean, for the Devils, Timo Meyer, I'm pretty sure, has still scored nine goals in a Devils jersey since he's come over, which is a pretty good number. I don't remember anybody, even Kovalchuk, having that kind of success after being traded over to New Jersey. And this really stems from, you say this is the best New Jersey team in history. Well, this is officially the first really good team of the new era New Jersey Devils after the Lou Lamarillo era ended. They haven't had a really good team. Yeah, the Taylor Hall year where he won the heart, like, that was a blip on the radar. They weren't really a good team. They just overachieved early on. And you look at the way they are built now compared to the way this team had always been built. And it was goaltending and defense. And now you look at their their big marquee players, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer, Jesper Bratt. These guys are forwards and they are offensive players. The Devils have become an offensive first franchise. You no longer are going to look at them and think goaltending and defense boring hockey. You look at them and think Jack Hughes. You look at them and think Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer. These guys have officially taken this team and elevated them to an entirely new level. Now to shift over, let's talk about the West now, because the West seems a little bit more wide open. Mikey D, who are your three contenders out of the Western Conference? Yeah, no problem. I honestly think yeah, I'm going to start off here, and I'm just going to go with this team because – it's like, it's kind of like what Tom Brady is to, to the NFL. Like, obviously, you know, Tom Brady cemented himself as the greatest of all time in the NFL, right? You know, he's had 20-year career and all that stuff. 
I'm going to go with Edmonton because of this whole hype train that's around Connor McDavid and obviously Leah Dreisaitl and all the talent they have here. I think they should definitely be a contender because they are, you know, they are this offensive powerhouse. You know, every year we get to see it. They just haven't had to take that step in the playoffs. But I think, you know, with the additions that they got defensively, you know, all the stars that are producing around them, like Nugent Hopkins was a 100-point player this year. That means other people are contributing. It's not just with Davis. It's not just Dreisaitl. Like, they they can compete. They are a great team, and they just proved it this second uh you know this last stretch in this uh, in this uh at the end of the season so i'm going with edmonton as one contender here and then i'm also going to go with uh you know i really like vegas i think the golden knights are you know they're really up there as well um very competitive franchise you know since they ever were created just a few years ago they've always found a way to compete they even made the stanley cup finals already i think they have some experience and they had that veteran status as well um and uh and then for my last one and i told you i was going to bring it up um I, well, i'm going to go with sorry my third one, I'm going to go with Colorado because, you know, obviously you got to respect the champs. I think they'll be back. I think they found their stretch and, you know, they're getting healthy. Um, you know, they're playing on the level that they were last year, finally at this last stretch of the season. Um, so I got to go with Colorado. You got to respect the champs. They're looking to go back to back. So I got to go with them as my third contender. But I was telling you before we got on the pod that, uh, you know, there was one team that really like catches my eye if they make it. And that's what doesn't, that's crazy because, you know, we have to see what happens and plays out in these last final games if they make it, but it's Calgary, you know, it's this team that has all had all the talent so many high expectations this year and they just like kind of like fell flat um you know but I, they're another team at the end of the stretch here but i think that they're really starting to find their rhythm and i feel like they're they remind me of like the 2012 you know kings that ended up being our devils ben like i feel like if they get in somehow they'll find a way to make a run and i really believe that with the talent they have and they just really needed all the possible time they could get um to find that you know find that within them and that team and play as best as they can be uh because if they you know hit the playoffs and they find a way to win a series i think they can just you know with the way and like obviously the west is totally different from the east competitively wise uh so i think if they just find a way to pull out the first series i think they can honestly go on a run so i'm gonna go i know i gave you four but those are my top three and my sleeper yeah i mean and it's funny you bring up calgary and you make the kings reference mikey d do you realize that they have the same coach It's Daryl Sutter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't count that guy out, man. Don't count you're, him out. You're drawing you're drawing these connections, and you've got the biggest one right there as well. So, the, like, it's certainly not just a shot in the dark. There, uh, I think that's a great point. I do agree with you though on the three contenders. I don't necessarily think of Calgary uh, as as highly. I think they they really kind of dug their own grave early on in the season with their struggles and their inconsistencies. But Vegas has been unbelievable. Jonathan Quick has been just good enough. Uh, If Thompson is able to come back, that's even better. The defending champs in Colorado, 100%, they have continued to rise up the standings and make up the ground that they gave up in the middle of the season with all the injuries that they've had and still have. Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, though, are proving that they will carry a team. You have Miko Rontanen, who is just an unbelievable talent. And again, once they get healthy, if they can get healthy for the playoffs and in the playoffs on a run, this is a dangerous club. But I agree. I think this might be the year of McDavid. We talked about it on last week's show. And, you know, just the year he's having, the season he's having. And think about it. It took Crosby a a few years before finally getting to and winning the cup. What if this is when it is all officially clicked for McDavid? Like, you got to realize he's been so good since his rookie year that you just think he's not going to get better. 
but he does. And they continue to grow as a player and the intangibles off the ice grow as well. And what if that's finally reaching that point for McDavid? What if he is finally hitting that point where he is going to get over the hump and become a true dynamic playoff performer that no matter what, like Crosby, can will his team to a deep playoff run and eventually to a few, not just one, a few Stanley Cup championships. Because I think that's what McDavid has in him. That's obviously what the goal is. And I think for Edmonton, it's certainly something they're capable of. Couldn't agree more with those points, Ben. It just, you know, it's, I know we, you know, we, we had this, uh, the way we split this up today and, uh, you know, the show in general, when it comes to having different opinions, I'm just like, I can't wait to hear it and have, and listen to Tom say basically the same stuff you are. <laughs> all, it's, we all it's think the be, same, man. <laughs> it's going to be funny. And it's funny that we find a way to disagree the amount that we do with the amount that we actually agree. But Mikey D, appreciate you coming on. That's going to do it for your part here. So we will catch you again next week, and we're going to bring Tom in in a second. Yes, sir. Sounds good, man. Excited for the playoffs. Let's get it rolling. We shift over as we bring Tom onto the show after having that nice conversation with Mikey D. As we said, trying to see if we have some different thoughts here, because even though we we argue a lot, we somehow agree while arguing a lot. So I want I want to see how much we we really do agree here. So Tom, let's get right into things here contenders out in the east with mikey d we were talking a little bit about the devils the rangers and the bruins obviously those are great teams who else do you like coming out of the east though and being a potential contender for the cup toronto i think this is finally the maple leafs year you know they (laughs) everything that has plagued them over especially in the first round the last couple of years is kind of a little better, right? They they have a little bit better consistent goaltending. You could say you could say consistent and better in, in the same term with them. I'm not gonna say they have great goaltending. You know, that's what would really make people believe in Toronto. Oh my god, they got great goaltending. No, they got consistent goaltending and it's better than years past. And also I think what works in their favor, sometimes it's not about who you are as a team and what you've gone through in the past, because the past is the past for a reason. It's the team you're playing, and they're playing a familiar opponent, which, let's be real, are so streaky, and that's going to just trickle into the playoff series, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think a playoff series kind of is like a mini season, so teams kind of mask who they are in a in in a in a in a long season. You kind of forget where teams have lulls and go on losing streaks, but if you watch a team, and it's your team consistently you realize in a playoff series, they kind of play the same way. How many playoff series, Ben, have you seen? Like Carolina is a great example last year. They struggled on the road, right? They struggled on the road in the playoffs. And people forget how important these matchups play come playoff time. When you're seeing each other day in and day out, 
you are figuring out what works and what doesn't work in series. That's why, you know, you'll see things kind of shift. It'll start off with things being wide open and goals being scored. All of a sudden it tightens up. It'll be tightened up. And then all of a sudden things start to open up because you figure out ways to beat the other opponent. These guys are too smart. These coaches are too smart. And that's why the deeper a series goes, the advantage goes to the home team because their coach has the edge in making those final changes. Yeah, it's so true, and I think Toronto will finally get over the Tampa Bay hump because Tampa Bay, to me, isn't consistent enough, and you're going to see that in their seven-game series. They might look like the better team once one game, and, and then they're going to look like, oh, my God, you know, the team that's gotten to the cup the last three years and have won you know, two times. Like That's what you're going to see in this Toronto-Tampa Bay series. I think Toronto, they'll finally can just overpower them. All four of their lines, they roll them out. They're dominant. They're def- their defense. They're able to lock games down now, which I think Toronto, I think they're capable of doing it. They have great special teams. Marner's a beast on the penalty kill. He's probably going to score a couple sh- shorties against Tampa Bay, who has a really aggressive power play. And they, you know, they only put one defenseman out there. It, it just, I finally feel like Toronto's going to make a run. And I think Toronto because of the big Toronto Boston rivalry, I think that series would just be great in a second round and playing. And I think, you know, that's a team Boston, you know, they play tight games all year, you know, and I just, that if I'm looking at any teams, not of the ones that you and Mike D mentioned, the Rangers devil in Boston, it's gotta be Toronto's. It's the next, it's the next one up uh, probably even with the Rangers and chances to make, to make the cup. If they were on our side of the bracket, and I say our side, Devil Rangers side, I think Toronto could be an even stronger candidate. It's that that thought of going through Boston, even though I've been saying they're a first-round exit for months on this pod. I think, you know, they're a sleeper a little bit out there for sure. Yeah, with Boston's goaltending, I really just don't understand. I, I, the more I think that that first-round exit just isn't going to come. <laughs> that I changed so my good. sentiment too. No, listen, I was saying that when we started this in March and it's, it was still early and, and they just kept going. I thought eventually they would get closer to the end of the season and maybe start showing their true colors and take their foot off the gas. They just went for it. And that's just going to roll into the playoffs there. They're that Bertuzzi trade pretty much changed my whole philosophy on them. They're just too deep and, and, and their goalies just, they're playing great. And if Omar kind of stinks in the playoffs, he got swimming and it's just, it's tough. They're not. They're yeah. not going out in the first. No yeah, shot. but I'll tell you what. Florida took care of business, and right now they're in. They're not necessarily locked into that top wild card spot, depending on what happens um, in tonight's games. As so we release this episode on Thursday, but you know, I do want to circle back to Toronto because I, there are a few things to say. Because really, this is the weakest version of the Tampa Bay Lightning over the last four seasons. The past three, they made it to the Stanley Cup. But this team, it's still really good. But they are not the same Tampa Bay team that we have seen in years past. You know, their their skaters' goal percentage, you know, their goals advantage created via special teams. All of those numbers are lower than where they were. So, you know, it's not even just the eye test. (laughs) But it's not even just the eye test. Like, all of those underlying stats – are are saying that this team just is not the same and it's clear you see it uh on paper on the ice you see it in the stat sheet they're they're good they're not great and you know john cooper's club has always been a tough out in the playoffs outside of that first round exit to columbus last year 
this is the year for Toronto to get out of the first round. And part of it is, yes, this is the year Tampa Bay has been at their weakest, but also too, like this is the, also, this is the best Toronto team we have probably seen in our entire lifetime. It's true. And I, if they don't get out of the like, first round now, they got to blow it up. These guys' psyches are shot on the, wearing that sweater. They'd have well, to blow and, it up. And, and Kyle Dubas has got to be gone. Yeah. He exactly. he cannot still be there. I think he might be gone anyway. But, like, how, how, how do you not get out of the first round this year? They have way too much talent. I hope O'Reilly's back. This Tampa Bay team went up against Toronto the other day. Toronto was pretty banged up, but still they went out and took care of business. And they, it's just, I think they're going to be too much for Tampa Bay to handle, which is surprising to say, but I really do think they can get out of the first round and who's to say they can't beat Boston. There is no reason why this Toronto team cannot beat the Bruins. I think that there are three teams in the East that can compete with Boston. I mentioned them earlier with the Rangers, the Devils, and I believe the Maple Leafs can as well. I don't necessarily think they would beat them, but if they get out of the first round, there's no reason why this Maple Leafs team can't compete with the Boston Bruins because they have just as much talent up and down the roster. The only difference in between the pipes. I agree. Now, I do want to ask, though, Tom, is there another team in the East that maybe you're thinking about as not necessarily a big-time contender, but a sleeper, perhaps? This is going to sound contradictory based on our other our other pods, but the thought has dawned on me over the last couple of days. Carolina, if they win the division, they have to be considered a sleeper because they have no expectations. Everybody thinks that the team that's going to come out of the Metro side is going to be one of the Devils or the Rangers. Whoever wins the Devils-Rangers series, if it happens, is probably going to end up in the Eastern Conference Final. If the Devils end up winning the division, whoever it's projected a second round matchup between those two teams, which naturally you get to the Eastern Conference Final. But this, compared to the last couple of years with Carolina where they've had earlier exits, is a year that they don't have any expectations. They lost Pacioretty. They lost Fetchnikoff. They've been very lackluster over the last couple of weeks. Their goaltending's been subpar they can't win on the road we're seeing it again we're seeing towards the as as the playoffs get closer they can't win on the road why it's a little harder to implement rod brendamore's system to hide his his team's flaws on the road with that last change and and with the games getting into crunch time and teams needing those those points they're starting to play playoff style hockey and what's happening in carolina on the road they can't win i think that trend is going to continue this year because they don't have the firepower and and uh lineup to work out of the system that Brenda Moore has put in place, clogging that neutral zone, uh, getting the matchups they want, putting stall against the number one center on every team and slowing their top line down. Like they're not going to have the ability to do that. And still I sit here and say, if they win the division Thursday night, if they win their game on Thursday and are metropolitan division champions, I think they can squeeze away from Florida probably going to be Florida. And then I think the Rangers and Devils are going to beat each other up. And that second round series is going to be tough for either team and their potential opponent would be Carolina. And can Carolina win a seven game series against a team that just played another freaking gauntlet of a seven game series, most likely. Yeah. So that's why I think they're a sleeper. If things fall their way, which sleepers need Carolina can get to the Eastern conference final. And I don't think they stand a chance against anybody in the Atlantic, but uh, on the Atlantic side, Tampa Bay, Toronto and Boston included, but that, that, you know, to me, they're the sleeper. It is tough to say and weird to look at 
the number one seed out in the Metro potentially being a sleeper, but that's exactly what they are with all their injuries. They are underdogs and they, they may became not be a underdog. They became well, a sleeper over the last two months because the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, they were the best, one of the best teams in hockey, probably the second best team in hockey. Well, yeah, we were just looking up records since the all-star break. Carolina's towards the middle to bottom of the league. They yeah. haven't been great. They've been playing 500 hockey. And since the trade deadline, it's even worse because that's right around the Svechnikov injury. So they, they've had their issues and they've turned into a sleeper team perhaps because, yeah, they're capable of getting past Florida. And I think they may even still go into that series favored against Florida because Florida's goaltending isn't great. I mean, uh, Alex Lyon, I believe, is the guy who's gone and saved their season. Lyon's a guy who I got to see a little bit while he was playing with Charlotte last year. Uh, him and Spencer Knight were sharing the, lo- the load there. Lyon was one of the best in the league and one of the reasons why the Charlotte Checkers were one of the best teams in the American Hockey League last year. So definitely a a surprise, but a very interesting surprise. We've seen Phoenix Copley out in Los Angeles look great this year. He played in Hershey last year. Now Lyon, who was playing in Charlotte last year. These American Hockey League goalies are starting to show out in the National Hockey League, which is exciting. Uh, But to get back on track, with Carolina being a sleeper team, I, I think they'll be favored against Florida still, but they certainly wouldn't be favored against the Devils or the Rangers with all the injuries that they have had. And they would still have home ice if they are the top seed. So I definitely think Rob Brendamore is a good enough coach to get past and get to the Stanley Cup final or perhaps the Eastern Conference final. I just don't know if the team on the ice is going to be good enough to overcome that, especially if New Jersey finds a way to jump them into that number one seed in the Metro. I don't think that uh, really there is any team that is in the playoffs that mat- that New Jersey matches up well with outside of the Rangers, believe it or not. But with this, like, you know, getting that home ice, winning the Metro, that's a big deal. And if the Devils can beat Florida and then perhaps play Carolina in the second round, if Carolina gets through the Rangers... That is a big difference, having home ice rather than having to go into Carolina four times. So definitely Carolina is a sleeper, especially if they get that number one seed in the Metro. Exactly. Yep. So let's head out West. Talk about some of the contenders out in the Western Conference. Mikey D and I were talking about Edmonton, Vegas, and the Colorado Avalanche. Is there another team that you think belongs in the mix here? For some reason, once again, I mean, this is going to be a pod where you're 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 talking to me and you're like, this guy's nuts because their play lately has fallen off the wagon, and you know, teams like Edmonton and Vegas have have separated themselves from them. But I think the Kings could be a sleeper. I like their game. I like their 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 top six. I like the way that they can kind of play multiple styles of hockey. Their big question mark is their D, and they're in between the pipes. But that's a lot of teams' question marks in today's NHL. There's not a lot of teams that are going to go into the playoffs, and this, these playoffs specifically, with a goalie that you know game in and game out is going to give you the same performance or even be able to take you and elevate your team to other rounds. You pro- there's probably four or five that we can name off the top of our head that that's the case. And the other teams, they're categorized as sleepers. They're categorized as they need this to happen and that to happen because, you know, they have the ability to play really good hockey. That's why they make the playoffs. And that's where I think LA falls into. I, you know, guys like Fiala and guys like Arvidsson and Kempe and, and Quinn Byfield's having, having a good year. They have a lot of guys. I hate the term 
I kind of actually, I hated the term then I fell in love with it last year. The 16 game player. They have that, if that makes sense. Like Anze Kopitar, you know, is going to step it up for the playoffs. You know, Drew Doughty, they have proven guys along with their young, fast, hungry guys that are kind of getting into their first real chances of playoff run. I really, really think that I would like their matchup against Vegas Boar, uh, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Then Edmonton, uh, that kind of scares me. But hey, they get through Edmonton, then I really like them. So that's my sleeper. It's L.A. Watch out for them. I like them more than the Wild right now. I like them more than the Winnipeg Jets or the Kraken. It's definitely L.A. for me. Yeah, I think that the Kings are – they're a good team, and they've been right around Vegas, especially the past couple of months. But the last two weeks, Edmonton has shot right up and jumped them. L.A. hasn't been able to keep up. I would be really intrigued to see the Jonathan Quick versus L.A. redemption revenge story after yeah, Quick was replaced awesome. by Phoenix Copley. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe Mikey D. and the NHL script writers are going to concoct something here. But, we love the Mikey D script writers. <laughs> yes. Yes. But let's uh, start to wrap things up here on the show and go through and get into our power rankings. So once again, Boston unanimous at number one, Carolina received three of the four second place votes. I gave that second place vote to the New Jersey Devils who come in at third. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs in fourth. The Vegas Golden Knights tied with Toronto in fourth. The New York Rangers and Edmonton Oilers tied for sixth in our rankings. The Avalanche dropped down to eighth. The Tampa Bay Lightning in ninth. And the Minnesota Wild in tenth. The Wild's remaining schedule is certainly more favorable than the Avalanche's heading into this final stretch run. Colorado sits one point ahead of the Stars right now for first place. Two games to play still um, at the time of recording this. The Wild, they're not going to really have too much. They're they're done. They're not going to win the division with just one game to play and three points back at Colorado. I know that the Avalanche were able to pick up a point still ahead of Dallas, but what exactly does this Colorado team have to do, Tom, in order to secure that first place spot before we really dive into the power ranks. Cause I want to hear your opinion on this crazy again. I've been using that word, but I'm not as high on the avalanche as you have been. And even have a Mikey D I was going to say, I've been, really been the one on the pod. Who's been, who's been on, been the, on the defending pro, champs. Exactly. And, and hockey, surprisingly, you know, typically the defending champs when they get into the playoffs, they typically win a round or two because they just have that pedigree the, the lights are shining. The, no moment is too big for them because all they have to do is remember last year, right? So they play very calm and they might take advantage of a team that's playing uptight, especially one without that playoff experience. What Colorado needs to do is just play their game, play like the Stanley Cup champions, play like this is playoff hockey. They'll get the number one seed. And then you know what? They'll be in the second round. And that's when I think Colorado bows out this year. I think they get past the first round. I think they win the division. I think they hold on. I know Dallas is playing a tough game uh, as we record against at, against St. Louis. It's actually 2-2 right now. So St. Louis is kind of, you know, trying to stick the thorn in Dallas's side and their chance to win the division. But Colorado, my prediction, they get to the second round, Stanley Cup champs, their pedigree, 
winning the division and making that second half run was huge for them. I don't like them in between the pipes. I think their guys are, you know, the guys that have been banged up all year, they haven't really gotten consistent. They haven't played like 40 straight games. Now they're going to get into a playoff series. They might be able to squeak out of the first round, like I'm saying. But that second round hits after you just played a, a round one, you're playing, the series get tighter and tougher. These guys are a little banged up. I don't like him between the pipes, as I said before. I think Colorado bounds out in the second round. But to your point, I got to respect them. You have to respect them. They're the team to beat in the West because of who they are and what they did last year and the firepower they have. So that's my overarching theme around Colorado and what I think of them. Would it surprise me if they win another cup and go on a magical run? No, because they did it last year. That would be stupid for me to say I can't see it. Do I see it happening Personally, my own personal hockey opinion, no, I see them out in the second round. Yeah, I, I look, I think between the pipes, they are very, very suspect. And when you look at you know, uh, the West, the reason why I've been so high on Colorado is because there hasn't been a contender to truly come out and emerge. Edmonton has finally become that. So I'm going to talk about the Oilers here really quickly. The point streak just keeps on growing. But for this Oilers team, they're right there knocking on the door. Even if they don't win the Pacific Division and get that top seed in the West, they're still a team that's going to have home ice in the first round. If they can get past Los Angeles, which I think they can, I think they match up very well with everybody else in the conference. I don't think that there's a goalie out there that can really beat them unless Marc-Andre Fleury decides to turn it on or Connor Hellebuck and the Winnipeg Jets get in and go on a run. So for this, for this Edmonton team, I definitely think that they are just the team to beat now because of Connor McDavid, because of Leon Dreisaitl and what this team has done. They are the definition of getting hot at the end of the season. And if they can ride this hot streak through the postseason, we might see the cup come back to Edmonton. Now, Tom, I know I kind of threw the avalanche on you really quickly. What team do you want to talk about before we close the show? My New York Rangers. And the reason why is because of what I seen on Twitter today. I saw a poll that came across my eyes, and I could not believe the amount of votes, and I could not believe what I saw. It was a Devils post, of course, that was retweeted by one of my friends who is a Devils fan, not Mikey D. And it was brought to my attention, and I saw it, and it got me really pissed off. The question was, who would you rather see in the first round of the playoffs, the New York Rangers or the Florida Panthers? And 67% said the New York Rangers, and there was like 3,000 votes. I don't know if it's because you want to see the Rangers Devils playoff series and because you went 3 0 1, but the fact that there are fans who haven't seen this good of a team in probably 10 years don't want to win the division and play a lesser opponent to play your crosstown rival because you beat them three out of four times in the regular season and you seem faster in those regular season games and everything from this regular season tells you that you're better and that you're faster and that you got more talent. Why would you want to play a Vesna winning goalie that brought? single-handedly brought his team to the Eastern Conference Final last year on top of a team with more talent and more playoff acumen, like Tarasenko, who's won a cup, Kane, who's won a cup, Trocek, who's gone on deep runs with Carolina. Then you put on Kreider's, a Benajet, who've gone on, on Ranger runs. Why would you want to play that team in the first round, your first real playoff series in 10 years, and not a wild card team that, yes, has put it together, and, yes, you might not match up well against, but it's home ice. You win the Metro in, in, in a bounce-back year, one year after you finish up your rebuild. You win the Metro division. You got Timo Meyer. You go play Florida. You're better than them. Yes, you might be better than both the Rangers and Panthers, but the fact that any fan can sit there and tell me you wouldn't want to play the lesser team 
is the reason why I'm talking about my Rangers today because since December 5th, they are the second best team in hockey. Me and Ben running it through last time. That's five months, Ben. That's five months that the New York Rangers point-wise are the second best team in hockey. There are seven months in the NHL regular season. Why would I want to play that team who has been consistently since December the second best team in hockey and not the Florida Panthers who just turned it on? With Alex Lyon playing goalie, I'd rather play Igor Sisterik in first round Igor, because we have his number and not that guy. It, it, it drives me crazy and it makes me so excited if the series happens because if I still think the Devils win the series, because I genuinely do agree with the sentiment that the Devils are better. But the fact that I would sit there as a fan and not want my team win the division because I don't want to play Florida instead of New York is just mind boggling to me. And I can't wait if the Rangers do win the series to throw the, that exact pool at everybody's face when you could have played Florida after Carolina wins in five or six games. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I know Tom has that post bookmarked. So, look, <laughs> I, I, I agree with that sentiment. I think, you know, throw the matchups aside. You have the chance to win the division. You go win the division. Exactly. Losing the division for a playoff matchup is a loser's mentality That's because you're what giving I think up home ice in the Sorry, second round. Yes. It is a, no, you're good. It is a loser's mentality. But that is going to do it for us on the show. I know it was a little bit different. We'll get the whole group back together for next week's show. We'll have a playoff preview out before then. But make sure you check us out, our website, OutsiderSports.net, for all our blogs. Check us out on Twitter at OutsiderSports3. Find us on YouTube and TikTok by searching Outsider Sports. And have a good week, and let's get ready for playoff hockey.